video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all the new Blu-rays and DVDs that are being released, and Bay Street Video's back open, right, Mark? We are, yeah, yeah. We're in a bit of a time warp, though. Um, what year is it? What what month is it right now? I feel <laughs> yeah. like uh, a lot of these releases we're going to talk about are, are from March, I believe, so oh, wow. let's, why don't we time warp back to March and, uh, and talk talk about some new releases uh but yeah we shut down obviously for a month or so because of the restrictions on retail businesses but this week uh, we were allowed to open for curbside service only so we got a bunch of the product in from march from april that we were missing but we're still waiting on tons of new things like all those new criterions we don't have yet new arrows what? But and... i need my great escape mark sorry <laughs> everybody wants great escape this week i don't want great escape know, are, are you, you kidding me. <laughs> I, I don't already own Great Escape, so I, I kind of maybe would if buy it. If you buy it, you will never watch no, it. I, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I, I actually only saw it for the first time recently about a year or so ago because my partner is a big fan of it, from, and she it was one of her favorite movies. And we watched it together, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, I don't know when I'm going to watch it again, you know, in the near future. Isn't it like three hours it's long? It's like three too? hours long, but it's like, it's a solid, robust three hours long, you know? <laughs> So for people that would like to rent or buy stuff, they can do it by, what's the email? Basically, the system we have in place right now is we are open Monday to Saturdays, 10 to 6, but between 10 and 2, we're only fielding requests. So you can call into the store at that time and place requests, and we can set curbside pickups between 2 and 6 in like half hour windows. Um, otherwise, we also do have an open email account, which is just BayStreetVideoTO at gmail.com. And you can email your request to us there any time of the day, and we'll get to them as soon as we can. But please be patient because we have tons of emails coming in, and we're trying to get to them as fast as possible. But uh, but yeah. What do you like better, emails or phone calls? I like emails better because then it gives you time to kind of get it ready, figure it all out. I don't mind. The problem is a lot of people are calling between two and six trying to place requests and we're just not taking them at that time because we're trying to just get all the stuff out. Because for our curbside service, we're actually like out the front door in the mall entranceway because our store, if you're not in Toronto, is in a little mall entrance. So we have to kind of go out to the street to make it legit. So we're not really, there's only one person in the store just like getting those orders out. So any phone calls that come in at that time, please don't request titles during that time. Please just email Why us. Why don't you guys just take the phone off the hook <laughs> during because that the time? the problem is we run mailbox services and there's also like a few situations where somebody who has a curbside time that day is running running late so they'll call us and be like oh i'm gonna be there like in the next half hour so we do kind of have to have somebody there but please save your request for either between 10 and 2 or please just email us and we will definitely get to them if you don't hear back right away we'll be on it so this week or last three months we have uh three new hammer horror films we have captain chronos vampire hunter which is a super fun comic booky action film with a lot of fencing in it we have the curse of the werewolf oliver reed's debut i believe 
And we have The Lost Continent, a ripoff of uh, The Mysterious Island of Jules Verne. Okay. I have to admit, I mean, I my hammer knowledge is is not very good. So That should be the tagline for this podcast. Haven't watched that many hammer horror films because we say it every week. Um, I know Captain Kronos is like a big deal. We got, we've got we been selling a lot of those this week. So. I remember watching it when I was a teenager and being disappointed. I feel like I would probably enjoy it more now with my expectations in check. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we also have Munster Go Home, which finally... <laughs> it's out where the monsters go to england <laughs> for all you monster fans out there are you a fan of the monsters justin you know what i know that i watched it a lot when i was a kid because my dad would wake us up at about 5 30 a.m to go back to my mom's house <laughs> so we would turn on teletoon and teletoon in the morning would just play like scooby-doo yeah. the monster three stooges stuff it would be all the old stuff and the monster seemed to play in loop i remember all the fast forward like opening titles right. but other than that i remember nothing about them i think i have that same experience because i also watched it on teletoon and i also remember it just being on a lot but i couldn't really I can remember the characters. I just can't really tell you, you know, what I thought was funny about it or anything. <laughs> but I remember enjoying it as a kid. So this is like... Is this some rare monsters that all the heads are like really excited about? Well, this is their one theatrical feature film, I guess. Wow. Yeah, they did one... I believe... I might be wrong in this, but I believe they did just one feature film. And it's been out on DVD before. And I think part of like a complete Monsters collection. But, you know, Shout Factory... Needs to put it on Blu-ray for all you monster heads out there. <laughs> How have you been selling uh, the Monsters Go Home Blu-ray? Not a single one so far. We also have Shatter coming out. I believe this is a Hammer co-production as well. It is. With a Shaw Brothers co-prod. And this one, I know because I listened to the amazing commentary track with Monty Hellman and Stuart Whitman, the star of the movie. And it's amazing because Monty Hellman was fired from this film a couple of days or a week. So he talks about that in detail on this commentary track. <laughs> have you so have you seen this movie then? Is I like... have. It's fine. It's like they were trying to do like a lot of Shaw Brothers co-productions at the time. There's another one. Uh, I don't remember. It's Queen is in the title. There's Legend of the Seven Gold. Golden vampires. Right, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. of course. And this is another one of those where it's kind of like a James Bondian action film. Stuart Whitman, most people probably know him from like Lucio Fulci. I think maybe I'm thinking of another guy, Christopher George. Yeah, I think <laughs> you get the it's easy to get the mix up. Yeah, I they kind of look the Stuart same. Whitman, I was looking him up. I believe he his other notable credit is Night of the Lepus. He was the star of or one of the really? stars. Yeah. Oh, Night was, of the Lepus yeah. is one that I watched last Easter. And was very surprised at how serious it was, considering it's a film about killer bunnies. Okay, I've actually never seen that. We also have Idle Hands. Uh, this is more my speed mm, right here. I love Idle Hands. Like <laughs> Me too, man, yeah. Oh, no, me too. I think it's one of the great like late 90s horror comedies that kind of just... I mean, it kind of got thrown in with all those 90s, like, post-Scream movies. But I don't know. I think it just has, like, a really funny, cool vibe on its own. Devin Sawa gives an amazing, like, physical performance in it. <laughs> he yeah, does a he front flip in does. the movie. If you watch where he, like, throws himself over a banister and it's done in one take. Devin uh, Sawa, physical comedian. I showed this one, I think, at 11 a.m. at my 24-hour or, like, all-night movie marathon that I showed. <laughs> nice, nice. That's a good time for it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a shame the director uh, Rodman Flender never never really went on to do that much. He actually has a new movie. It's fun. I've seen it. Uh, Eat brains, love. 
terrible title. We're getting it into the store soon. It's one of the backorder titles, so we'll talk about that later. But it's nice to see he's back. Um, and they've done a really nice collector's edition for this. They've done the whole slipcover, special, loaded with special features oh, thing actually, on yeah. it. Oh, actually, yeah. You know so. what? Uh, write down that I want this one as well. Okay, as a you want a copy edition. of Idle Hands? Yeah. Unfor- yeah, surprisingly, even though it did actually come out this week, it's not even like an old one, we haven't had any requests for it yet. What? So I'm I surprised. actually own this on DVD in full screen uh, in full brutal. screen <laughs> yeah i remember because that's what they were doing with those old sony dvds they would release them as the flippers first uh widescreen and full screen and then for some reason they were like we don't need the widescreen we're just going to release them in full screen now <laughs> so like i got it not knowing and it's in tiny little type at the bottom it doesn't even have the top uh, strip <laughs> idle hands for people that don't know has an amazing alternate ending that's like radically different from the oh, one that's yeah. in the movie did you know this <laughs> i did yeah where yeah. like there's a giant hell pit that opens and there's like a big action scene which is why in the movie they reshot it and they're like ah, that's a little bit anticlimactic <laughs> i know right i love the ambition that he was going for though initially yeah but i can understand why they cut it yeah and you have a good offspring uh high school dance uh concert too so real sign of the times there i mean roman flender or is it i think it's rodman flender R- rodman flender yeah. you're right uh, that sounds like the name that people would make fun of him at school. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Rodman. Do you think his friends are like, hey, Rodman? Rodman. Or is he like, please call me Flender? I wonder if like when Dennis Rodman was a big thing too, he got limped, <laughs> yeah. in. He got limped in with that. <laughs> Rodman's uh, directorial debut, The Unborn, is really fun. And it was put out by Shout Factory yeah. recently as well. And he also did Leprechaun 2. Right, of and course. And I think that's pretty much it. Then it was Idle Hands. And that film tanked because of Columbine. And he became kind of a tv movie director after that yeah it was a shame it definitely had a really yeah it was yeah it kind of got lumped in i feel like it got lumped in with teaching mrs tingle another movie that got oh yeah that columbine because it got shot they changed the title of it because it used to be like killing mrs tingle but that movie is just terrible so i mean idle hands is actually a great great film that i'm shocked that you don't like teaching mrs tingle because you know if there was ever a movie that screamed mark <laughs> it's not, it's funny because i've actually been thinking about rewatching it lately my part <laughs> because my partner and i are just always want to watch rewatch bad 90s movies and i remember kind of liking it when i was a kid but i was also like 12 years old when it came out so i feel like when I watch it again, it's just going to be terrible. So. Oh, I remember seeing it on VHS and hating it at the time. Yeah. Even though it has that Kevin Williamson touch in his only directorial effort. I think I thought it was like, okay, but like, what is like a 12-year-old's taste that said something is okay? Right? <laughs> so I'm surprised you haven't seen this one. It's uh, Snoop Dogg's Bones. Well, you know what? I watched this last night you in did? preparation because I've always wanted to see this movie. I was going to pick it for our blind buy if you hadn't seen it, but I kind of figured you'd probably seen I it. I so. two DVD <laughs> copies of this because I didn't know the second time I bought it. That's amazing. That's the side of a true Bones bones head right there. Uh, I mean, this one is directed by Ernest Dickerson, a cinematographer of Spike Lee's early films. He also directed the amazing Demon Knight with uh, Billy Zane's greatest performance. And we'll get back to the Zanester later on in this episode. Yeah, he also directed Juice, though, too, which is really good. good. Um, And he also directed Surviving the Game, which is a pretty fun action movie. Yeah, that's a fun one, too. Yeah, he's got a pretty, like, decent career. But I think Bones kind of killed it it a little bit i feel like after bones he just went into like uh tv movies and uh 
and that DMX movie, Never Die Alone. I was like, you know. Oh, yeah. But, Never uh, Die Alone is not good. Yeah, I've never uh, seen I that. I actually did an episode of the Important Cinema Club on Ernest Dickerson. That was fun. Uh, I have to say, Justin, I really enjoyed Bones. I, I was a big fan. Oh, there's some really funny CGI in the movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I do think the movie falls apart at the end when it becomes this, like, fantasy romance sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I right so up too. until the last, like, 20 minutes or so, I thought it was, like, a great time. It was one of those movies that I was watching and I'm like, I was expecting it to be kind of bad, but I'm like, no, this is, I'm surprised this isn't like more well-loved. I don't, I don't understand. I think it is. I think it does have its like cult at this point. It was more of a joke back around its release when yeah. it was followed by stuff like Hood of Horror oh, with Snoop God, Dogg. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's funny is that I didn't realize it until I'm seeing it here. Uh, Shout Factory did this on purpose because Idle Hands is Rodman Flender and Bones was written by Adam Simon and they were besties at Roger oh, Corman. Oh, interesting. Because okay. uh, Flender directed The Unborn and Simon directed uh, Brain Dead. Right, The Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman. And they actually are on each other's commentary tracks on the Shout Factory Blu-rays. So nice, nice. I'm sure they were probably involved with these as well. That's why they're putting these out at the same time. Okay, I mean, Bones, yeah. what's great about it is that like, Ernest Dickerson like loves Mario Bava yeah. and all those gothic horrors, and you can see it in the movie. There's even a featurette on the original DVD about his love of like gothic horror films and how he tried to transplant it within like an urban horror setting. I mean, you can definitely feel like a Candyman influence in there, especially. I mean, I don't think they go as hard into the you know the connection between the uh, Snoop Dogg's character and sort of the um, underrepresented neighborhood and sort of the racial issues that I think Candyman goes harder into that. But Bones does get into that stuff a little bit. It's definitely a lot more socially relevant than I was expecting. But it's also just a ton of fun. Like Snoop Dogg is having a great time. I love Snoop Dogg's look when he comes back from the dead. <laughs> what is his uh, name in this movie again? It's like something it's, uh, really funny. Jimmy Bones. <laughs> oh, yeah, just Jimmy it's Bones. Just Jimmy Bones. <laughs> Doesn't he have a nickname? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe. Yeah, I might have, might be blank. I remember them just calling him Jimmy Bones a lot. Jimmy Bones. <laughs> Jimmy Bones. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really, really fun time. And a lot of the effects, yeah, like a lot of the CGI can be kind of bad. But then there were a lot of effects that actually kind of held up better than I thought. So I don't know. It's um, it was just a really good time. But I mean, they did. You can feel the Canadianness of it too because they shot it all in Vancouver. Oh, and okay. It definitely has a Canadian feel to it, but not necessarily <laughs> in a. Be- you know, when they're just like it's a Canadian movie, but they're trying to make it look like somewhere in the U.S. It just definitely had that feel, but. I don't know. I had a great time with it last so, night. So Terror Train is being released by Scorpion. What What is the like logic of what Scorpion titles Well, this you is a get? weird one because Terror Train was already out from Shout Factory um, yeah. for well, years. Uh, buckle and then it... up because Scorpion's uh, redoing a lot of releases. No, Another they, City of the Living Dead is coming out uh, from Scorpion. No way. <laughs> well, I remember when Terror Train was going out of print a few years ago. We got a run on it. Like people wanted it. We were trying to get more copies and we got a few more and then it just went out of print and we couldn't get it now yeah i don't know what it is i don't know how scorpion got the rights i guess they're just i guess they're just picking up all these things that have gone out of print or lapsed with other companies um it's nice to see it's back out i've always been a fan of terror train i actually um well actually what what am i saying i've always been a fan i only saw it for the first time a year or so ago (laughs) i was a fan since the day of its release I i had always wanted to see it and then i finally saw it um they did a screening of it at the review last year kind of around new year's because it's kind of a new year's movie 
Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was this pretty solid 80s slasher. I mean, I love the train setting. I love that David Copperfield is in it. <laughs> it's a little it's boring time. as well. It can, Yeah, it definitely sags at a certain point. I just I like the setup. I like the location. And I don't know. I, I got a kick out of it. So we also have a bunch of Vinegar Syndrome titles. I'm just going to run through them. The Angel Trilogy, one of the uh, new Vinegar Syndrome box sets that have been coming out. I do have to admit, though, we don't have the box set. (gasps) The box set was only like a Vinegar Syndrome online exclusive. Like you have to get that Mm. right from them. The way they ship it to us is just the three individual films, which is really lame for collectors who like really want that. But we do have all three of them. It's just you got to buy them individually. They don't have like the hardcover thing. Well, it's the same logic as like you guys don't get the slip cases either because Vinegar Syndrome does them directly from uh, their store. There's also Hollywood Horror House, which I hear is fun. (laughs) Never seen it, but looks kind of fun. I mean, Hollywood Horror House is definitely one of those Vinegar Syndrome like we need a horror title here. Yeah, exactly. Extro 3. I haven't seen Extro 2. Don't know if I could follow the story. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, and Public Affairs, which is a porno directed by Henri Pachal. I think they just have to release their obligatory porno every month, right? I appreciate it. Don't stop Vinegar Syndrome. They Because they announced that they were going to, like, step back from doing pornography. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like they haven't, and it's still they kind have of... It. I think they stepped back from doing their DVD porn titles, because they had these, like, Peeperama DVDs that were coming right, out. Right, right, right. But I think they still do the Blu-ray, the combo packs of a porn title every month, like clockwork. So If they put commentaries and interviews with the porn uh, actors and creatives, I'll probably buy it because I'm fat like the Roberta Finley films and watch them once and that's it. Nobody else is putting porn packages together like Vinegar Syndrome right now. So we also have police squad the complete series being released on blu-ray for the first time i believe oh yeah definitely i mean it's been on dvd for years um but you know what it's been selling pretty well people want that upgrade i mean so for people that don't know police squad is uh, the series that was it said it was the naked gun to the point that the naked gun used a bunch of gags from the show in the movie and it was six episodes long stars leslie nielsen was directed by the zucker brothers joe dante i think did alan arkish do an episode i think you're right yeah mm-hmm. and it's very very funny uh some would argue even funnier than uh the naked gun it has the greatest end credits gag ever in yeah. any show <laughs> yeah we also have two andy sedaris's because mill creek can't get you know, enough it's their lot in life putting them out Hard Hunted, Fit to Kill. What else do we have to say about Andy Sedaris? I, mean, I, I haven't already said. I, I like Andy Sedaris, but I, I mean, I haven't made it past Hard Ticket to Hawaii yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> you haven't made it past, or you haven't even finished that one yet? Yeah, I, no, I love Hard Ticket to Hawaii and uh, Malibu Beach, I think. But I have the uh, Girls, Guns, and G-Strings collection that Mill Creek put out years ago, and that's great. Um, I don't know why they just didn't release that set as a Blu-ray, though, instead of doing them all individually like this, but... No one can see me rubbing my hands together. Money! But it's funny, though, when the because uh, they released Malibu Beach and Hard Ticket first, and we sold tons of those, like Wildfire. And with each one they release, they sell a little bit less, and a little bit less, <laughs> and a little bit less. So we also have the funniest double bill I've seen in a while. It's a Wesley Snipes double from Mill <laughs> yep. Creek. It's the fan, the classic Tony Scott picture, Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes together at last, and The Contractor, a DTV action film that stars Wesley Snipes that was directed by Joseph Rusnak. Who actually is the director of a very underrated 90s sci-fi film, The 13th Floor. Do you like The 13th Floor? I know, I have it in my notes here. 
It's 13th floor. Boo! I'm a big fan of the 13th floor. Come on now. This may be like the like seventh time the 13th floor comes up on this podcast. When we <laughs> no. hit the 13th time, we are, it's revealed we're in a simulation. <laughs> it was a very important movie to me at, again, 12 years old. So th- this, this podcast is movies that Mark liked when he was 12 years old. I would love so. to be the Mill Creek guy going, I guess we're going to put Tony Scott's The Fan out on Blu-ray. What else should we put it out with? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, The Contractor, I guess. The Fan is, I haven't seen The Contractor, but I, I have seen The Fan mm-hmm. and... The fan is like such a disappointment to me. It's one of those movies that like looks so much better than it actually is. And I mean, I love Tony Scott, but like I think it's what it was notorious because Tony Scott only made it because he wanted to work with De Niro and he had no interest in baseball. I think he like hated baseball. And the whole plot for people who don't know is Wesley Snipes is a professional baseball player and he gets uh, traded to a team that Robert De Niro is a super crazy fan of. And then Robert De Niro starts like stalking him when, you know, Wesley Snipes is underperforming. Basically, apparently Tony Scott hated baseball, didn't care for baseball. So the baseball scenes are pretty laughably done. It just never gets as ridiculous or as heightened as I want it to. It like almost gets there a few times. Like there's a great scene where Benicio Del Toro's character, who plays one of the other players on the team who's uh, playing better than Wesley Snipes. So De Niro kind of confronts him in a bathhouse somewhere and they have a weird exchange. But apart from that, it doesn't really, doesn't really, oh, you know, blow the lid off its concept like I wanted to. What is your favorite Tony Scott movie? That's a tough one, man. Don't say true romance. <laughs> no, not true. I mean, maybe when I was, maybe when I was 13. No, I, I do like Domino. I would have to say, Days of Thunder. Oh, that movie sucks. <laughs> uh, I think it's, you know, it was a childhood favorite of mine. I just, I don't know. There's something about it. I just, I love you it. You just love so. John C. Riley. I love it. I love it even more. I would always fight with, you know, friends in high school who were like Top Guns better oh, than Top Days of Gun Thunder. Top Gun is so like, boring too. I know. And I was like, I don't know. I like Days of Thunder. You more, know what? Sorry. I'll give you this. Days of Thunder is better than Top Gun. Yeah, there you go. I just, I don't know. There's something ridiculous about Days of Thunder that I just really like. And it will be coming out on UHD soon. So we'll be talking about that. <laughs> well, I still don't have a UHD player. So that's out of the question. Well, now is an excuse to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still holding out uh, that I can finally watch the deleted scenes on the 4K version of quick and the dead <laughs> never so trapped is being put up by mill creek you know anything about trapped mark uh, I, I have seen trapped. of course you have um, i didn't know whether to put this in the cult or classic uh, <laughs> <laughs> so trapped is a 2002 thriller with uh a great cast actually it's got kevin bacon Charlize theron uh Stuart townsend who Charlize theron i think met and married after this movie and Courtney Love, actually. And it's like a home it's a home invasion sort of domestic thriller thing that it basically Kevin Bacon and Courtney Love play this couple that kidnaps wealthy couples' children and set up this whole thing. Um, from the director of Angel Eyes. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Um it's it's as bad as you'd expect an early two thousands Kevin Bacon thriller to be. So it's another one of those movies that could be better because Kevin Bacon's really hamming it up and chewing up the scenery, but nobody else really is. Like even Courtney Love, who you'd think was like she was like and I love, love, love Courtney Love, but she was like a peak crazy like drug addiction at that time. And even her performance is just kind of like muted and boring. So I don't know. It just doesn't really do it for me. It's got its moments, um, but like it was 
it got terrible reviews when it came out. It was a huge bomb. I don't even know why Mill Creek's releasing it on Blu-ray, but... Because they have to contractually release a certain number of films every week. I brought one copy in just to have it. So please, somebody prove me wrong and say that Trapped is a good movie and buy this Blu-ray. But you brought in a dozen copies of John August's uh, directorial effort, The Ninth, right? From 2007. Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. So I own this on DVD. This is uh, the screenwriter I, I too, actually. of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton one, and Charlie's Angel one and two. Big Fish, I think, was his. Yeah, he um, wrote Big Fish. He was like the, the late period shitty Tim Burton. <laughs> like right before Tim Burton got like really bad. Yeah. Like he yeah, was working yeah. with John August. And so this one, I don't remember much about it. But what I do remember is that it stars Ryan Reynolds. It's really trippy and episodic. And that at the time, John August, like the flame he was carrying as the actor that he wanted to showcase was a little actor called Melissa McCarthy, who he loves. And she had not been in anything that like big at that point. Well, it's funny because he also, John August also wrote Go, the uh, the Doug Lyman film. That's I think right. that was kind of like his big claim to fame. And Melissa McCarthy is actually in that, too, in like a small role. So he was always, yeah, fighting to put Melissa McCarthy and stuff. I don't know. I, I really liked Not the Nines when it came out. I, I haven't seen it since, so I don't know how it holds up. I like trippy, weird movies like that. And I just I like the structure of it. I feel like it's one of those movies that probably doesn't hold up on a second viewing, though. Mm. Once you kind of like know what it's about, it kind of like the twists. I Once you know the twists and turns, it kind of falls apart, I think. But I don't know. I remember it being fun watching it. I've completely forgotten what it's about other than that there's like <laughs> bracelets involved in some way. Yeah, there's like three different. So it's like split into three different stories, I think. And Ryan Reynolds is in all of them, but he plays a different person in all of them. So in one, he's like a famous actor who's like an action star or something. In one, he's like just some nebbishy guy. In another, I think he's like a writer or something. But all the stories intertwine. Like, basically, they're all, like, cosmically connected or mm-hmm. something like that. And Melissa McCarthy, I believe, is also in all these as a, also a different character, too. But, yeah, I, I don't actually remember all the details. <laughs> so, people listening to this should buy it from Bay Street Video and the Mill Creek Blu-ray. And we also have Eddie Macon's run, which is directed by Jeff Canoe, the guy behind Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I've never heard of this one. Unfairly Imprisoned, Eddie Macon, John Schneider, stages a daring jailbreak and heads south with the intent of reuniting with his wife Leah Aries and their son in Mexico and the veteran cop Kirk Douglas is on his tail. I haven't seen this one. It looks like one of Kirk Douglas's trashy 80s movies so... I only watch Kirk Douglas films if he co-stars with his grandson. Yeah, like it runs in the family. (laughs) So basically only it runs in the family. (laughs) Yeah. Which I think is still in our bargain bin. If somebody wants to pick that up for curbside, please do. Yeah, so they'd have to call and say, I want It Runs in the Family. <laughs> I know. Out of yeah. the bargain bin. Exactly, exactly. So please we're going to go faster than we ever have through the <laughs> classics for a few reasons. One of them, we're a little bit short on time. And secondly, I don't know any of these movies. Yeah, <laughs> so... we're, we're, definitely, we're definitely plebes when it comes to classic Kino movies this okay, week. Okay, so we have from... Film movements, it's called Their Finest Hour. It's five British World War II classics, which include Went the Day Well? Question mark. Yeah. Went the Day Well? <laughs> uh, the Coldest Stories, Dunkirk, Ice Cold, and Alex, and The Dam Busters. I know one of those movies. These Wait. movies have always been really popular as rentals for us because they were put out in a set by Anchor Bay on DVD years ago. 
that went out of print. Uh, but our rentals of them fly off the shelf from an from an older generation. Um, yeah, and now Field Movements, it's a really nice looking set. Uh, it's definitely been selling pretty well, actually. Um, so I think they just, you know, our older clientele love war movies. They love British movies. Put those two together and you've got gold. I forgot one. Ice Cold and Alex, directed by Jay Lee Thompson, the uh, director behind the naked uh, serial killer versus Charles Bronson film. Uh, I think it's five to midnight, four to midnight. It is. Yeah. Uh, 10 to midnight. 10 to midnight. There you go. I was half off. <laughs> uh, how many copies of Gunsmoke, the complete series, do you think you're going to You move? know what? We brought in one because we, we had to take down our numbers since, you know, sales weren't big. And we sold it the first day. And we've got two more people with their names down for restock on so it. So this may be the biggest DVD set I've ever seen. It has 151 discs. <laughs> it's so heavy, man. You got, you got to pick it up. I don't even know how you carry this thing home. This actually beats out the uh, Dark Shadows box set, which is a mere yeah. 131 discs. <laughs> It's too bad. I, I have this thought that like somebody buys it and like they get through a hundred of the discs and then they get to one that doesn't work or something or like skips like, no. <laughs> I mean, they might as well at that point just throw in another disc because they can't tell the difference. Right? Just give up. Whatever. It's Gunspoke. It's all the same. Right. But they've been release- releasing these each set like up in- and they're also releasing the final season of it this week. And we've been selling each season pretty consistently as they've come out. So I thought everybody already had them, but apparently not. Nope, they want that complete set. Maybe they've never wanted to buy the singles because they were waiting for that giant box to come out. Exactly. Well, we got it. We got it. We have more coming in next week. So if you if you want one. You don't have any uh, Dark Shadow coffins collecting dust uh, at the store, right? No, I think we did. We, we had one that was literally collecting dust for, dust for years because we couldn't send it back. But then somebody bought it. And I think it's out of print now. So. Uh, we also have, okay, now we're going into a run here. We have Beaugest, 1939, being released by Kino. William A. Wellman film was Gary Cooper, Ray Milan, Robert Preston. Everybody knows Beaugest, right? It's been remade like a million times. That's probably the biggest one here, right? We have uh, The Flame of New Orleans from 1941, a René Clair movie uh, starring Marlene Dietrich as a French woman in search of her rich husband. I like René Clair. He's really fun. Uh, we also have The General Died at Dawn from 1936, Lewis Milestone. This is like, I recognize all these directors and I've never heard of any of these movies. Really? I recognize all these titles because they've always rented pretty well for us. But honestly, I couldn't tell you anything else about Mar- Marlena Dietrich's in a lot of these. And though, so this uh, one, General Died at Dawn, is about Gary Cooper falling into a conflict with a general and his daughter. It sounds like fun. We also have the lives of a Bengal Lancer, a Henry Hathaway joint again, starring Gary Cooper. Yeah, there you go. It's Gary Cooper and Marlena Dietrich week this week. (laughs) And keep in mind, these were all out back at the end of March, by the way. So Mm. it's a bit of a delay. We have Murder, He Says from 1945, an American comedy directed by George Marshall, starring Fred McMurray. Sounds like fun. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I wish I had something to add here. <laughs> uh, the Song of Songs, 1933, a Ruben Mamoulian joint. Another Dietrich film. <laughs> I love those Mamoulian joints. <laughs> well, you don't know Ruben Mamoulian? He's great. I know. I know the name, but I, I don't know him well. He did Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like a really early version that's famous for like um, like the transformation effect that they achieve by like taking gels out of the lens. It's great. Uh, we also have Bluebeard's Eighth Wife, an early Ernst Lubitsch film. Again, Gary Cooper and Claudette Colbert 
Colbert. Supernatural from 1933, Victor Halperin. This one looks really cool. I really like the cover art on this, but I'd never heard of it before. No, me neither. Uh, Indiscretion of an American Wife, Kino. Uh, a Vittorio De Sica joint looks like an English language one. It's Montgomery Cliff and Jennifer Jones. Yeah, so this is one that Criterion actually put out years ago on DVD, and then Kino snapped up the rights because I think it was Studio Canal. Um, and yeah, it was one that I believe had a different release in America, and they had a different title for it. It was one of those where it was like released in Europe as a different thing, and then a shortened version in America or something like that. And you get both versions on this. Ooh, do you think like the boutique labels are like? fighting each other at this point to get titles. I think so, right? Like, they must be. There's only so much out there now, right? And they just keep getting re-released, like City of the Living yeah, Dead. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please stop releasing City <laughs> of the Living Dead. I think you guys have, like, a copy on your shelf that I see when I go through the movie. Yeah, we actually, sold, we actually sold one this week. A guy uh, a guy called to get it and a couple other folks. We movies. also have uh, The Great Leap, another Kino film. So, I, I just have a note here. This is a German film from 1927. Like, is Kino trying to grab the Lenny Riefenstahl uh, fan base because like they've been putting out her movies that she stars in. It's funny because they, I mean, they never had Triumph of the Will in terms of her directorial stuff. That was like, I think Synapse has that. Yeah, Synapse has that. Um, But in terms of, yeah, her acting stuff, especially the mountain films that she acted in, uh, they've got they they got the market cornered on that. They've put out every single one, and because uh, they put out the Holy Mountain and I think another one. This one's a little more obscure. Apparently, it's more of a like a rom com sort of thing. <laughs> yep. Um, I can't say I've seen any of these films. I've always kind of been intrigued. I, I like the idea of the setting. Um, although whenever I think of these movies, I just think about uh, that Price is Right game where the like the yodeling guy is going up like the mess. <laughs> you don't think of a guy Madden's careful? No, actually, I should though. Yeah, right? that was Come inspired on, you're by Canadian, these. Mark. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love Guy Madden. Speaking of uh, Canadian, what's this? Slings and Arrows, the complete collection. This is what really. I've never seen this show, but we got asked for this all the time. It's been out of print for years. We've it's had, very good. Yeah, I've always heard it's good, and you know, I thought I'd throw it on here because you're a Paul Gross fan, right? I love Paul Gross. And this is written and co-starring Don McKellar. Yeah, exactly. So um, it is back. People have been asking for years, can I buy this? And we're like, nah, sorry, it's out of print. We have rentals. But yeah, Acorn has re-released it, a slimmer package. So all you Slings and Arrows fans, come on now. Yeah, if people don't know, it's actually about the, why can't I think of the village that it takes place? And it's the most famous Shakespeare uh, festival around. Stratford, there you go. And they're putting on like a Shakespearean thing there. And Paul Gross is, I think he's the director. He's the director, right? I mean, I was reading the back. I think he was a director that that made his name there, but also had like a humiliating moment there or something. And he's, he's come back. Yeah, his pants fall down or something. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, and Acorn TV is putting out, which is a British streaming service that I know them as, and like a TV channel, I guess. Yeah, well, they're a British, uh, they're a DVD company too. That's They put out basically all of our British TV stuff. Um, we don't really talk about it much on here because honestly, I have nothing really to say about <laughs> British TV. I mean, we also got the new season of Midsummer Murders in this week from Acorn. <laughs> so if there's any, mi- see, it's on series 21, by the oh, way, boy. right now. So, yeah. Yeah, they've murdered they've murdered people in this small village for 21 seasons. <laughs> it must be it. empty at this point. <laughs> I know. Who else is who else is murder is there to murder at this point? Uh we have All the Pretty Horses, the Billy Bob Thornton movie. I've never seen this. We're ba- back to Mill Creek titles. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I was like, I was trying to figure out where to put these Mill Creek titles, classics, cult. Wait, do you think All the Pretty Horses is a, a cult title? Well, it's directed by Billy Bob Thornton. I think it was his, like, Sling Blade yeah, follow-up, but I believe there was a lot of studio interference from Harvey Weinstein at the time, because it was Miramax again. So I don't think it actually came out the way he wanted it to, and it just was kind of a dud, I remember. I never saw it. It's based on a Cormac McCarthy mm-hmm. book, though. I think it's the second book in a trilogy that he wrote. You're right, yeah. Uh, but we also have Heroes from 1977, uh, which is a Vietnam veteran played by Henry Winkler. Fonz! <laughs> who wants to open a worm farm. I got worms. Meets a girl, Sally Fields, and hops on a bus to California from the director of The Sting 2. <laughs> you must be the only person who has not seen The Sting 2 and not The Sting. So, are you kidding me? He actually wants to start a worm farm in this? I... <laughs> yep, that's what it says in the synopsis. I wonder if that was a direct reference from Dumb and Dumber. I mean, it was Heroes a big hit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Harrison Ford's in it too, right? It's one of his early... Yeah, he plays a supporting role in it, so I think it's his... I think it must have been either right when Star Wars came out or right before Star Wars, something like that. Mm. We also have Unlikely Angel, which stars Dolly Parton. That's all I got for this one, 1996. Yeah. Love Dolly Parton. I mean, it's a, it's a Christmas TV movie, so I don't know why Mill Creek's putting it out now. Because <laughs> um, people think need Dolly, a little happiness in their life, I know, Mark. right? But the, the thing is, Dolly Parton, like, dies in it, I think. And she had before, before she's allowed to get into heaven, she has to, like, make these two <laughs> lovers find each other or something like that i don't know was she a hateful person in life like i'm not sure she just i think on the back it just said she was a country singer so just like herself she plays dolly parton (laughs) she just plays dolly parton but you know what i love dolly parton i can't hate on her have you ever been to dollywood where a hologram dolly parton i wish i wish i've seen her in concert and it was honestly one of the best shows i've ever seen um but uh, I've never, I would love so to. So we also have with. Howl's Moving Castle and uh, Ponyo, two Miyazaki films being put out by Shout. Well, they've already been put out by Shout, but now they're in Steelbooks. Oh my God. <laughs> and I know no. how you love Steelbooks. No. So. <laughs> Let's talk about Steelbooks. <laughs> yeah, how they bend and they scratch and they suck. I know. The thing is with these, like, we've sold like hundreds of copies of both of these movies already. <laughs> I don't know. I guess people are going to rebuy them because they're on Steelbooks now. Did you bring some in? How many did you bring yeah, in? I brought in a few and we've sold a couple of wow. them now. So, yeah. Man, those Steelbooks know, and slipcover things, what a racket. Yeah, I don't think there's anything new in them. So, no, there's no way. Yeah. No. So, also, Homeboy is being put out by Shout. This is directed by a cinematographer. It's his only directorial effort. But it's written by Mickey Rourke, right? <laughs> and it stars Mickey Rourke and Christopher Walken. Yeah, so this was when he was getting into boxing, that that part of his oh, life. Oh, no, yeah, before he, his face went to up mush. his face, yeah. And he decided to write a movie, I guess, about that. Um Never seen it. It looks interesting. I mean, Christopher Walken's in there, too. I think he plays his coach. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun, yeah. And another complete series, if you don't have enough, with Gunsmoke, <laughs> Criminal Minds, which I watched the first few episodes, and I assumed that, like, Mandy Patinkin lasted the entire time, and I looked when oh, I was no. taking notes for this and found he left after the second season and he hated the series. He said it was, oh, like, yeah. the biggest mistake he ever made. Oh, my God. I can't even believe Criminal Minds is over at this point. I thought it was just, <laughs> just going to go on indefinitely. 
like until the end of so time. So they switched out Mandy with the next best thing, Joe Mantagna, right? <laughs> oh yeah, and then they added Thomas Gibson later, Mister uh, Greg from Dharma and Greg. Oh, I thought he was there since the man- Mandy. Oh, maybe years. you might be right. Yeah, but even Thomas Gibson, they kicked him off in the last couple seasons because apparently he was a huge prick to everybody on the cast. What really? Yeah, apparently Thomas Gibson, not such a nice guy. <laughs> no, he's so good in Free Enterprise, the movie about two fans wanting to get William Shatner Shakespearean role. <laughs> right, right. Personally, I I like him in his small role in Eyes Wide Shut, where he kind of plays like Tom Cruise's double a little bit. Oh, I don't remember that him being in that <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, he plays a small role in that, which was kind of weird at the time. Wait, aren't you a fan of, uh, I mean, this feels like a show you would watch. I think Criminal Minds is just something I never watched, I never kept up with, but I saw yeah. so much of it because I had basic cable for a while. Like I had an antenna mm-hmm. when I first like moved out and like, you know, you get the basic canadian tv channels and it was always on they were just playing reruns of it all the time so i must have i must have seen parts of at least like a hundred episodes of criminal minds at this point because i feel like it was one of those shows where you'd turn it on and you're like ah this is crap i'm not gonna watch this and then you just find yourself an hour later you've watched the whole episode and you're like well you're like i gotta see all the scenes with matthew gray googler i hated him (laughs) why really really bothered me in it for some reason he is the only guy that's been in every episode of Criminal Minds. I was looking at IMDb and I was like, wow. He had to clutch onto that, right? Oh man, his re- residual checks must be yeah, huge. Yeah, I know. I remember he had an arc at one point where he was, he had to take some time off because he got too involved in one of the cases. Because I think he was like the tech guy or something, right? Yeah, he's a tech yeah, guy. Yeah, and he got too go involved meet. in one of the cases. It became personal and it started, he had to like take time off. He was having like a breakdown. I was like, oh boy, this is getting serious here. Do you remember a time when like the whole world was watching CSI? Oh my God. I know, right? Like, everybody <laughs> was, like, tuned in. Yeah. Which seems so foreign in a world where, like, NCIS exists. Yeah, and, like, every many. variation. And it's such a grandma show, too. It is. Well, when are they going to put out the complete CSI set with, like, every... <laughs> every, like, spin-off? Every spin-off. Everything. Give it to me. It's going to be the size of a refrigerator. <laughs> it's going to be a tomb that you just bury yourself in once you <laughs> once you finish like a mausoleum? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this criminal mind is it a giant box because it's like 17 seasons it is so it's not quite as big as the gun smoke box i guess they've streamlined it a bit but it's like it's about half the Mm -hmm. size of the gun smoke box so as far as new stuff goes again let's hit it at a run star wars the rise of skywalker yeah it's not good yeah i didn't see it I, I know. No, I'm sorry. I'm a Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars plebe. I, I haven't seen any of the new ones. If you're listening to this, don't buy the original Star Wars on UHD. These are the George Lucas remasters. Oh, are they? Yeah, they've released. Not only have they released the original ones, they, they've released all of them, like even the prequel ones and everything. So uh, Little Women. Good. I like it. <laughs> Didn't see it. Sorry. <laughs> like Greta Gerwig, though. You know? Bad Boys for Life? <laughs> I love the first two Bad Boys, but I just... Something about... I saw a trailer for Bad Boys for Life, and I was like, wow, they just look too tired in this it's one. It's fun. It's more fun than I thought it okay. was going to be. Well, it was like a pretty monster hit, right? In theory? A shockingly big hit. I think because... It had the novelty of being a summer blockbuster, like, in February. Right, <laughs> When it yeah. came out. 
Uh, Birds of Prey. There's no way in hell you've seen no, this. No, don't talk to me about superhero movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. I really like it. You should, uh, people who are interested, check it out. Uh, Standing Up, Falling Down. I do not know what this is. Why did I take no notes this on it? This is a, a comedy about the stand-up world. It stars Billy Crystal and... Um, uh, ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. You yeah. know what? I do know about it. I know everything about movies. It got a I bur- like Ben Schwartz. He's yeah, funny. Yeah, me too. I always liked him on Parks and Rec. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog himself. Right, which is coming out next week, I believe. <gasps> oh, I mean, I would recommend Sonic the Hedgehog for you, Mark. A very good Jim Carrey performance. Well, you know what? I, we did get it in today to prep for next week. I have taken it home, so I will. I will definitely <laughs> try and watch that for our talk next week. Um, it Man for the finale. The supposedly last film in the Ip Man series starring Donnie Yen. Not good. I, I have, I confess, I haven't seen any of these. I have wanted to because I hear they're a pretty big deal in the martial arts community. I just haven't gotten around to them. And then they just made so many. There were like those three and then there were the spinoff ones and then there was like Master Z and I just, I got confused. I don't know. Uh, Ip Man, The Final Fight and Ip Man, The Legend Begins are ripoff films that no. have nothing with the, to do with the official Donnie Yen ones. They're actually better than... Uh, it man three and four so rent those if you want okay. a good Hitman we, yeah we have the whole series and all the spin-offs and rip-offs for rentals so. also coming from mainland china the captain yeah don't know much about this one sorry <laughs> i wish i did <laughs> we always run into these well-go films every week i know i know if there's an exciting one uh dear listener i will let you know but uh the captain you know usually if it's like a horror one i'll maybe check it out but I don't know. It looks like a wartime type or like an aerial action thriller. There's know. nothing I dislike more than like wartime airplane related movies. They're <laughs> so boring. Yeah. Uh, we also have Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, a movie that a 12 year old Justin would be shocked that I have had no interest in. I hate Guy Ritchie. I have to I have to put what? that out there. I love Snatch. And you know what? I actually liked his King Arthur movie. Oh, okay. And his Aladdin film is absolutely embarrassing. Is it like, really? It is almost awful to the point of being bewildering. <laughs> but like, how many times does he need to have a return to form? I don't He's know, had like man. three now. You know what? Revolver is actually the one movie of his I kind of like. Because <laughs> it's so like baffling it, and weird. It's so I kind of want to give it another chance. I mean, with that one, I think, I don't think it's like great. I think it's kind of interesting. I do think he thinks it's a lot more clever than it really oh, is. Oh, he does. <laughs> I think, I mean, wasn't the tagline for it like, your mind cannot handle a game this big or something <laughs> like that? And I remember watching it the first time, like, this is interesting and cool, but like, it's not that good. <laughs> it was so confusing that they actually like re-edited and reshot the ending for international audiences. Right. Because wasn't that like a big TIFF premiere and then it took like two years to actually come out after that? Mm-hmm. And then Rock and Rolla, I really don't like, oh, even though it stars that. my man, Jerry Butler. Jerry Butler. That, it, it feels like a po- like a piss poor Guy Ritchie like knockoff with none of the energy. Yeah, you know, I was actually like really excited to see that at the time because um, I was kind of you know I felt Revolver a bit more and it just it looked really cool. So I went to see it in theaters even and I hated it. I remember coming away just feeling so I don't know yeah just really really hating it. You know, I have to be honest. I like his. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock Holmes, the first one. Don't like the second one. I like The Man from Uncle. That was actually fun with uh, the two guys that, like, it's so funny they're starring together Henry Cavill and Army Hammer. Yeah. Like, they're... the two, like, 
they're not bland. They're actually really fun, but they like cannot get a breakout hit to save their lives. <laughs> and they're kind of like the same person a little yeah. bit, but just like a blonde and a brunette. <laughs> I would say that um, his King Arthur movie is probably the most Guy Ritchie film since Snatch. There's actually scenes where King Arthur is like, whoa, 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 rewind that. Let me oh see how this is God. actually going to go down. I uh, see. I just, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, and Aladdin sucks. And The Gentleman, it got such middling reviews, even though it has an amazing cast. And, like, stuff like, it's really racist. It's like, oh, no. That's, a thing. That's what I heard. I'm like, wow, it just looks like he's doing Snatch again or something. But, like, 20 years later when nobody really cares anymore. Yeah. I mean, but it does have a uh, Colin Farrell performance. And doesn't it have... Who am I thinking of? Old Stutterer himself, star of uh, Lair of the White Worm, Paddington Hugh 2. Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah, Cloud another Atlas. Like, comeback performance from Hugh Grant. Yeah. I know you haven't seen Paddington 2, you Philistine. No, I haven't. I've seen the first Paddington and I loved it and I do want to see Paddington 2 one. is much better than Paddington 1. That's what I heard, yeah. No, I actually do like Paddington I mean, speaking of bland leading men, it's Joel Kinnaman in our next movie, <laughs> The Informer. When you call a movie The Informer, you're like, I don't care. I know. I had to like keep looking it up because I'm like, what is that movie again? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a like a prison thriller. Like he gets himself incarcerated to like try and, I don't know, find some guy in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just idea. looking at all the movies we have left to talk about. So we got to rush through these. Yeah, let's blaze through. <laughs> so we also have the rhythm section, an attempt to make a other James Bond film starring Blake Lively. Supposedly not very good. I heard this tank, but I actually kind of wanted to see it. I don't know. It looked a uh, little bit, because the directors read Morano, who is kind of interesting. But I hear I it's know. very middling. We also have The Night Clerk starring... Uh, the poor man's Miles Teller, Ty Sheridan. And I also <laughs> wrote here the like evolution of poor man. So you have Ty Sheridan, who's the poor man's Miles Teller. Miles Teller is the poor man, Jesse Eisenberg. And Jesse Eisenberg is the poor man's <laughs> Michael Sarah. That's the whole Amazing. evolution. <laughs> like imagine like, you know, the evolution of man. It's like the monkey to the... <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I think it's got like an interest. No, it's no, it does. I was like, I think it has an interesting director. And then I'm looking it up. It's direct. It's like about a guy, a night clerk who gets involved with a murder or something. Ugh. How is this like, wasn't there a movie that came out recently with Loki in it? It was like a TV series based on a John yeah, Le Carre. Yeah, the night manager. Yeah. Very <laughs> confusing. Thing. But it's from a director named Michael Christopher who made, he made Gia with Angelina Jolie, which I know is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love Gia? Favorite. Yeah, no, I actually have never seen Gia, but I know people love that film. He also made Original Sin with Angelina Jolie, which is a terrible, terrible movie. And he also made a terrible 90s, uh, like a teen or like a 20-something drama called Body Shots. You ever see that movie? No, it's with, like, man, Tara... these all sound terrible. Oh, yeah, it's with Tara Reid and Jerry O'Connell and like Ron... <laughs> it's It's got a, it's a real like late night. It's a, it's a late 90s like attempt to do Rashomon, but about like a character who gets she gets raped at like a nightclub and then it's all from all these different perspectives but it's a really like 90s look at like sexual assault so it's like really badly done mm. um so yeah that guy's got a new movie <laughs> we also have just mercy a kind of is a middling drama it's fine yeah. i saw it at tiff directed by the guy who did short term 12 stars michael b jordan and jamie fox citizen k the new documentary uh by alex gibney everybody loves alex gibney right yeah he just cranks out documentaries like nobody's business uh the cold blue which um repurposes repurposes footage shot by william wyler during world war ii about uh, aviation combat 
Yep, and it also includes the original like short film from Weiler too as a special feature. Lancaster Skies, Ugh, a British uh, film about a Spitfire pilot. Yeah. I've already spoken of my dislike <laughs> of aerial movies. I, I should have put this together with the captain. The woman yeah. who loved giraffes. Heartwarming documentary about a woman who loves giraffes. <laughs> Uh, here's two that I'm sure we could probably talk about more. Cats and Doolittle, both being released by Universal. Cats is not even fun bad, guys. Yeah, I haven't seen either of these. It's funny that Universal actually released both of these on the same day on DVD. They were supposed to both come out April 7th. Not even uh, fun we finally bad, got them now. I feel like that was purposeful on Universal's part because... Both of them were, I mean, Cats was obviously the bigger deal with how it was like the so bad it's good experience. But I heard from people that saw Doolittle that it was almost an equally so bad it's maybe funny experience. Uh, We also have Ride Like a Girl, the inspirational story of Michelle Payne, the first female jockey who to win the Melbourne Cup. Sam Neill's in it. (laughs) It's from the, it's from a, an actress, uh, Rachel Griffiths, I think, who was in Muriel's Wedding and a bunch of things. She's making her directorial debut. Uh, uh, the photograph. I actually want to check this one out. It's a romantic comedy starring um, Isa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, it looks good. It's from uh, director Stella Meggy, who did uh, Gene of the Joneses, I believe, which was a big hit at TIFF a few years back. Um, we got a bunch of horror films. Yeah, I, I slapped these all together for you. <laughs> uh, the Ascent. Uh, it's about an exorcism, the turning. Uh, which I heard is terrible, like a remake of Turning of the Screw, a.k.a. Jack Clayton's The Innocent. Did you see I it? I went to see The Turning in theaters, actually, oh, because God. I liked the director. It's Floria Sigismondi. She was a big music video director. She did like Marilyn Manson's Beautiful People video back in the 90s and stuff. Madonna videos. What happened? Uh, I think this movie got taken away from her because it was initially supposed to come out a year prior and then it got delayed. And honestly, it doesn't have any style. It is a terrible, terrible film. So, But it feels like there could be something there. It's just not coming out. And the new movie from Oz Perkins, Gretel and Hansel, which I heard just middling sings. I was always just about to see it in theaters. Okay. I actually saw this in theaters too. And I have to say, I really liked it. Um, Yeah, I think it does. It loses steam a bit in the last, in the last act. I think he, the first hour is excellent. It's really, really good. Especially if you like Oz Perkins' stuff, it's got the same kind of style. Um, I feel like at a certain point, he doesn't really know how to end it. So the end kind of peters out. But overall, I thought it was really, really great. I would say check it out. Gretel and Hansel, Hansel and Gretel. It ends with them stuffing the witch into the fireplace. That's how it ends. Sort of, not really. I don't know. He kind of, he kind of puts his own twist on it. I like it. Uh, Fantasy Island, the Blumhouse remake, <laughs> which I have seen. Any good? I didn't see this one. Do you like Cry Wolf? I see. That's the thing. I really like Cry Wolf. I, it feels very much like Cry okay. Wolf. There are a hundred twists at the very end. Very cool. I'm an apologist for Cry Wolf. That's for sure. Because <laughs> you love. Bon Jovi. I do. I do. I love that he's in it. <laughs> Camp Coldbrook. Oh, man. Strange events plague crew members of a reality TV show when they go to investigate a slasher. I'm assuming this is a found footage film. No, it's not. So I actually did watch this. Um, it is because it's, set, it's a Joe Dante production, strangely enough. Yeah, Joe Dante's a producer on it. And it's got like the Joe Dante presents on it. Not that that means anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> Does it have uh, his, his quality uh, care... In the final no, product? it's trash. The thing is, it's like it actually has a pretty decent premise, and it's it's kind of like Grave Encounters, which I which I am a fan of. You know, it's like that paranormal state thing. Except Chad Michael Murray is the the host of this of uh, the show, and Danielle Harris is also in it. She's the producer. It's not found footage though, although they do have a few found footage moments where they actually do some cool things with uh, like GoPro style cameras. 
but honestly they there's so many missed opportunities in this movie i don't understand like what this director was thinking like it starts off okay and then there's a lot of things that happen you're like oh it's gonna go here or there and then it never does it just opts for the easiest route and the characters all become really stupid they all do the stupidest things they run around and scream and act like idiots and then it's just over and uh, yeah it was it was really really dumb i wonder if joe dante this was a john carpenter style like put your hand out and they put a like a check in it. that's the thing at first i was like oh this is cool like you can kind of see joe dante's imprint and then it went on i'm like no joe dante was not present during it <laughs> uh we also have exorcism at sixty thousand feet which is an airplane style comedies with all your favorite horror stars yeah Bay ling lance henriksen kevin j o'connor bill mosley adrian Jesus, right <laughs> oh i watched a trailer for this woof yeah that's a thing i mean it's one of those movies that's i mean i haven't seen it but it seems like it's all concept and cast and like nothing else uh, we have two daniel radcliffe films escape from pretoria and guns akimbo oh man guns akimbo so i hate guns akimbo i think it's awful okay yeah people are really mad about guns akimbo right because the director is like a huge douche oh bag. yeah the director like nuked his own film like a week before it came out i know good for him <laughs> People search Guns Akimbo. I think it'll probably come yeah, up. Yeah, he went on a tweet storm of rage against marginalized people. I just, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I was kind of, mi- it played TIFF last year, right? I think it, Oh yeah. I was kind of mildly yeah. intrigued at the time. And then I heard people saw it and they were like, eh, it's okay or not so great. Um, so I don't know. I never really, I do like Daniel Radcliffe, but like he makes so much crap these days. That, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Daniel Radcliffe is trying to like give chances to stuff like, you know, like Swiss Army Man. Daniel Radcliffe for a while, I think was making some interesting choices. I saw a lot of good stuff. But yeah, Elijah Wood's been more consistent, I think, in that regard lately. I think Daniel Radcliffe, because even this other movie, Escape from Pretoria, which is based on a true story, it's middling reviews. I don't know. It just seems like kind of a middling, true life, inspirational drama sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. So we also have Mr. Robot season four, the final season. I watched Mr. Robot season one, loved it, watched the first episode of the second series and never watched anymore. So I should get back into that. I've never seen it, but I know people really love this show. My brother is a crazy fan of this. He lives and dies by this show. Tells me to keep watching it. I do love Christian Slater, so I mean, I'm, I'm oh, down yeah, for that. Oh yeah, he's good in it. Uh, the Righteous Gemstones, which I hear is amazing as well. Haven't watched it. Yeah, I heard it's funny. I uh, love Danny McBride, but haven't gotten around uh, to it. Lazy Susan, a slice of life comedy about a woman on the edge of nowhere to go. Yeah, and this woman is played by Sean Hayes in Drag. Oh god, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, Will and Grace fans out there, I guess. Uh, like a Boss, uh, the Salma Hayek, Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne comedy. Yeah, that kind of came and went real fast, didn't it? Uh, Miguel Arteta direct this though? Did he? I think he did yeah and I used to like him a lot uh, back in the day when he was directing things yeah, like Chuck and Buck with Mike White. The Good Girl. Yeah I'm pretty sure I'm just looking at yeah he is the director wow. on this one. Wow. Listen you gotta pay your bill somehow. Yeah it's got terrible reviews though. The Traitor, uh, the new film from the director of Fist in Their Pockets. I've, we talked about him on the podcast before and Mortal Kombat Legend, Scorpion's Revenge <laughs> another animated film yeah, I guess. it's under the DC Warner banner which is kind of weird since I don't know I thought I know is Mortal Kombat part of the DC universe yep, now? Yep, it is. Uh, the Jesus Rolls, the spinoff of the Big Lebowski, starring John Turturro's <sighs> character, which sat on the shelf for five years or something like that, like a ridiculously long. Who needs this movie? Honestly, uh, I heard it was terrible. So Bloodshot, Vin Diesel, 
finally back on the big screen. You saw this, right? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah? It's fine. I'm racing through them because we haven't hit our blind buy for loyal listeners. I know, I know. Okay, And it's okay. a big movie that I'm very excited to talk about. All right, well, we got one more before that. We got one more before The that. Call of the Wild, which is <laughs> Harrison Ford and a CGI dog. I feel like nobody remembers this movie even happened at this it point. It went, like, straight to Disney Plus, didn't no, it? No, it hit theaters briefly. Um, it came out in okay. February, but I think... I think it really underperformed and then, you know, COVID hit and everybody just it forgot about it. It will live in my memory as the clip that was going around of Harrison Ford, like, acting with a uh, motion uh, performer right. guy, like, pretending to be a dog, <laughs> yeah. which made me think that Harrison Ford went to the premiere and went, whoa, man, there's a dog in this movie? <laughs> he probably did. And finally, finally, final kill. Yeah. Which is this week's Blind Buy. You thought we we forgot about the Blind Buy, didn't you, ladies and gentlemen? But no, we did it. I tried to pick the best best one this week. And it stars a cavalcade (laughs) of performers. Randy Couture. Billy Zane. Uh, what's the main guy's name? Ed Marone or something? Ed Marone. I looked him up. I'm like, he's got no other credits that I recognize. So... Danny Trejo. In literally two shots. I know. And the, and the most famous person, Dr. Drew Pinsky of Loveline, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know who that is. You don't know Dr. Drew Pinsky? Loveline with Dr. Drew? He was like an MTV guy. So he's like a famous, well, like celebrity psychiatrist. I mean, he's a fraud, right? He's like one of those guys. But yeah, like, yeah. He's not a real doctor. He probably legally changed his name to doctor. Yeah, but he had like a syndicated radio show, Loveline, for a long time where people would call in and he would answer their stupid questions. And he was – he had something to do with MTV for a while. I think he had a reality show for a while where he was like one of those like really shady reality shows where he's trying to like – uh, you know, coach, I don't know, addicts and stuff like that. I mean, he's just like one of those typical TV psychiatrist guys. Now that I have you on the reality TV path, what is the MTV reality TV show where like someone got stabbed? Well, Cheaters, somebody got stabbed, but that wasn't MTV. That was like, I think that's a Fox show actually or something. I don't know. But yeah, the host of Cheaters, Joey Greco, the original host, um, mm-hmm. it was taken <laughs> over. He died after the stabbing. Well, it was yeah, I know. Well, the way they set that episode up was great. They had another host come on at the beginning of that show because you'd always have Joey Greco host it, and I then can't there would believe be, they aired the episode. I know, and then they would hear the they would show the flashbacks where Joey Greco's you know doing the the sleuthing. Basically, they had this new host come out of the blue and not explain where Joey Greco was, but Joey Greco was still in the sluice. And then at the end, yeah, Joey Greco gets stabbed. They confront this guy. He's on his boat with the date that he's cheating on his wife with. And this guy full on like shanks Joey Greco. <laughs> where did the knife come from? Did the guy like pull a knife? Oh yeah, there's footage of Joey Greco in the ambulance on the way to the hospital going, uh... I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they set this up. But then after that, they go back to this host and he's like, so that's why Joey Greco isn't here today hosting. Uh, oh, my I know. God. But interesting <laughs> side note about cheaters that was taken over by um, Clark Gable, the third after uh, Joey Greco stepped away, <laughs> oh my who God. actually killed himself a couple of years ago. I don't know if you know about what? that or like a year or so ago. No. Lots of tragedy around cheaters. That's for sure. So back to final kill. It's an action film. I'm putting that in air quotes. I know. This was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be some like really dumb basic action movie with like these like 
stupid faded stars in it but it's actually kind of like a comedy i guess like a talky midlife crisis of an assassin comedy seventh tier shane black yeah absolutely um and the lead guy in it it seems like it's a showcase for like the lead actor sort of but he's like he's terrible in it honestly i thought he was just it's like every punchline they had every joke it just it felt like they thought it was the funniest line ever but you, you're like, but every line just seems like it's taken from like a Guy Ritchie movie 20 years ago, or like you're right, a Shane Black movie, or something like that. When the film starts, it's like a screed against oh, medication God, to right? help for psychiatric. Yeah. Um, and like, I was waiting for the punchline to that, and the punchline seemed to be like, "Don't take med- meds, guys." I know. Well, did you did you stay till the after credits? Uh, Do you scene? always stay until the after credits to see if there's any bloops? You have to. You have to. <laughs> well, it's funny because they have kind of like a blooper reel sort of thing during the end credits which oh, yeah, is because the movie ends like 65 minutes yeah in. it's so short like it's only an hour 20 minutes but like 15 minutes of it are credits with this blooper reel and then they have an after credit sequence where he goes back to dr drew pinsky who plays his psychiatrist at the beginning of the movie and basically he's back there and he just says to dr drew all right give me the pills and then I guess that's supposed to be like the final punchline but like it just drops like a thud and then the movie just ends <laughs> just like rich people hanging out at the producer's mansion oh yeah they had a nice location nice house to shoot in right because it takes place in costa rica at this mansion where this guy is supposed to be protecting this couple that's stolen from a crime family but they just hang out at this mansion the whole time uh, billy zane never gets out of the chair in his <laughs> office i like his look in it though the, the stash he's got like a pervy stash going they make fun of it they call it a uh, tom Selleck porn stash yeah they do right right and at one point, Billy Zane is like eating oranges. <laughs> I know. That was a highlight of the movie for me. That's his thing, right? I mean, this is so boring. Like, there's no way in hell I'd recommend it. No. I mean, I will say the reason I picked it for a blind buy is because this is the kind of movie that I would, you know, find in a bargain bin in a video store back in the day and would totally buy just because of like how stupid the cast is and how bad it looks. So in some respects, it is something like I would blind buy. Having seen it, I would not say blind by it. I mean, the thing is, it's not it's not what I expected in that it's actually, you I, know... I, I was hoping Billy Zane was going to star I thought Billy it. Zane would have a little more to do, but I guess not. Does Billy Zane even star in movies anymore? Or is he always, like, the seventh I think build? he's always the seventh Bill. We get a lot of stuff with him in it, but every time I look it up, people are like, Billy Zane's in, like, one scene of this, so... I don't think he really – I think he doesn't really want to do any heavy lifting anymore. He just wants to like come in, sit in a chair like he does here, say <laughs> say know? a few funny lines, eat an orange, and then go call it a day, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean I recently watched his 90s um, David Lynch ripoff, uh, Blood and Concrete. Right. Not good. Not good. I remember thinking that was going to be really fun and it's not. Actually, I also watched one of his 90s movies over this quarantine, which is also kind of a David Lynch ripoff called uh, – yeah, This World and the Fireworks, which actually has yeah. Cheryl Lee in it. It's based on a Jim Thompson book, I think. Uh, that was also a terrible film. So. Listen, we still have I Woke Up Early the Day I Died, the all-silent uh, uh, Billy Zane starring film. That maybe he'll bring us back with yeah, that. Yeah, when are they going to put that out on Blu-ray, you know? Who's going to pick that one oh, up? Who knows? Yeah. It was like put on a... 
out on DVD in like Germany and that's it, I think. Like it never got an official DVD release. Billy Zane, looking at his filmography, I have never known an actor that I like who's acted in so many films that I have so little interest in seeing. I know, right? Like, it's weird because whenever – I've loved Billy Zane, like, since I was a kid for some for some reason. I don't, and every time a Billy Zane movie, like, comes across my desk, I'm like, yeah, another Billy Zane movie. I feel like an obligation to watch it or something. But then I never really do because they just all look bad and I'm sure he's barely in them. And there's always going to be another one coming down the pipeline like a few <laughs> weeks from now anyway. So I would say that if you're a early uh, Zaniac, the ones I would recommend are Demon Knight, number one, because that is the purest of Billy. Uh, the Mad, which was a zombie film that came out in the early 2000s. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I got to watch it's, that one. It's super fun. And then The Phantom, where Billy Zane gives right. the most low-key superhero performance you have ever seen. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I always yeah. like The Phantom. It is fun. He, he's barely awake in the film. I know. And I will also throw in there for a, an offbeat choice, uh, Invincible. The uh... Oh, yeah. You spin me right round, baby, yeah. right round. <laughs> yeah, that movie is a really good time. That's one of my favorite Billy Zane performances, really? actually. I haven't seen it since it played on TBS oh, when they were hyping man. it up for like three months. Produced by Jet Li and Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. <laughs> you know what? It's a terrible film, but Billy Zane's scenes are all gold. There's one scene where he like rides around in a bicycle around this shallow pool for some reason. And I'm like, for no reason at all. And he's like spouting this philosophical, these philosophical lines. And I'm just like, this is the Billy I want. This is exactly the Billy I want. All right. So that's it for the Bay Street Video podcast this week. Uh, you can not visit Bay Street Video because you can't go in, but you can call or send an email and pick up any DVDs or Blu-rays you want to rent or buy. Yeah, please call us. We definitely want you to come down uh, if you feel safe. Obviously, no rush. We don't want to force anybody to come down here. We're not we're not hurting that we're not hurting that bad. But yeah, we're around. Just please call before, email us before, and we'll set up a time for you to come down. And you Have can you grab had some people, stuff. Like try to come in and like. Bang on the oh doors. yeah, there's been a few. We have a big sign on the front door saying "No requests taken at the at the door," and yet we still have people come in knocking on the door saying, "I got a question. Can you answer it for me?" So no, please call us. Please call or please email us. So until next week, my name is Justin the Clue, and I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying and keep on renting Woo! safely. That is. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.